knowing that this week is going to be a good week. Amen. Amen. God's with us, and it's going to be good. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm glad there's a couple of people going to live through that. This is going to be a good week. I'm speaking words of faith today. Yes. Yes, I receive those, those words of faith. You know, listen, if you're serving God, it doesn't matter what comes along. It can still be good because he does work all things together for good. And that's what the scripture says. Amen. Well, I'm going to get into the word. We're moving along quickly. Who knows? You may even get out, you know, at a reasonable time. Maybe the preacher won't preach long. I, t I was joking with Sister Jennifer this morning. I said, I, I know I say this all the time, but I, I really do think I have a shorter message today. And she just kind of smiled. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, today, I, I do want to uh, I, I want to speak to us uh, about a message that I've titled, Today is a Day of Salvation. Amen. Uh, I believe that that if there's ever a time that we need to be serious about serving God, it's, it's the time that we live in. Amen. This is not a time to, to hesitate, a time to, to push it back and to say, yeah, whenever, you know. But it's a time that we do need to focus. And as I was preparing for this, I read what is probably one of my favorite accounts in the New Testament. I love reading the Old Testament. I, I like all the accounts of the battles and the, the, the great miracles that God did and you know the way he showed up and did you know did amazing things for his people and provided all these different things. But I also love reading in the New Testament specifically about this account because it applies to every one of us here today. Amen. And um, the, I want to take our, our scripture text today out of Acts chapter 10. Who knows right off, the, right off the top of your head what Acts chapter 10 is about? It's about Cornelius. Can we all join together and just say, thank God for the story of Cornelius? Amen. And, and if you're not familiar with the story of Cornelius, you're going to like it. Because it's for you and me. Um, I want to pick up in verse 34 and read through verse 43. Actually, I'm going to read through verse 48. I'm sorry. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went abroad doing good and healing, all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, 
but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And in verse 44, I love what takes place. It says, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, the, the Jewish people there, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard him or heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which is received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Amen. Now, this of course is the story of Cornelius. He was a Gentile man. He was a man that, that God recognized. If you go back in, into the first part of this chapter, you read about Cornelius and his life. He was, he was an Italian man. He was a, a, a Roman soldier. He was, a, I believe, a centurion. He was over other soldiers. There were so many reasons for the Jews to not like this man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were so many reasons for the, the Jews to not want to have anything to do with Cornelius. But God recognized Cornelius and recognized that he was a faithful man. Mm -hmm. That, that he, he gave alms. He, he prayed. He was faithful to God. He, he, was, he was one of those good guys. Right. He wasn't just one of those, uh, those people that had heard the, the message that the Jews had received and, and, and liked that message, but he, he heard it. He received it, and he was trying to practice it to the best of his ability. He was trying to do what was right. Amen. And God saw that in him. And so for the very first time that there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the Gentile people, it happened to Cornelius and to those that were gathered in his household. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. God for that message because that is the reason that you and I today are able to come into the house of God and worship God not as foreigners or strangers but as children of God. Amen. It is because God chose to pour out his spirit on Cornelius and those that were gathered that day Amen. that we can be called the children of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, what a wonderful message. Now, let me just preface, preface my message. Well, two things. 
First off, for those of you that are here today, you get something that is special. I'm going to tell you when the Lord is going to come back. <laughs> oh, a couple of y'all are laughing. You don't believe me? No one knows that yet. Oh, oh, yeah, one does. One does, and that's when it is. It's on the day that he chooses. The time that he's already ordained. That's when the Lord will come back. So, now, with that having been said, he hasn't chosen to reveal that to me. So I don't know what that day is. He knows what that day is. But I don't know what that day is. And so anything that, that, that I bring up through the remainder of, of this message, I don't want you to think that I'm trying to point my finger and saying this is when the Lord's returning. Okay? I'm going to present to you today just a, 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 a hypothesis that some people have of when it could be. So, with that being said, we see that there was an event that took place with Cornelius that had never taken place. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> There's a passage in Luke chapter 21 where Jesus is addressing his disciples. And here uh, in this passage, this, this is one of those parallel passages. It's covered in, in Matthew and Mark. They both give accounts of this same event. But in Luke 21, beginning in verse 20, uh, it says, And when ye shall see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is not. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let, them, uh, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon the people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now, I told you that I'm going to give you a, a, a hypothesis because no one knows specifically. We, we know the signs of the end time. Yes. There, the Bible gives us things to look for and we can see that when these things begin to take place, know that the end is near is what yes. the word says. Yes. And so we are all looking for the, the time that the Lord will return for the rapture of the church, for the time that we are caught up together and meet him in the air, and we are taken out of this, this life, and we are given that glorified body. Is there anybody here that you're looking forward to the day that you have a glorified body? Hallelujah. I look forward to that day. I don't know how God's going to do it, but he says that in heaven we will be known as we are known. 
And so somehow we're going to recognize one another when we're there. But he also said we're going to have a glorified body, which means we're going to be, you know, we're going to have that, that, that perfect body. No more sickness, no more pain, no more disease. And so, you know, I mean, it's hard enough sometimes if somebody, you know, that, that normally wears glasses and they get contacts, and so the next time you see them, they don't have glasses, you, it kind of takes you by surprise, and you don't, you don't recognize them for a minute. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine how heaven's going to be when there's no more sickness, there's no more, no more things that would separate us and, and identify us by, well, they wear glasses or they have this or they do that. Or this one's short and this one's tall. And, and, no, no. We're going to have glorified bodies. Amen. I don't know if that means that, that you know, we're all going to be at you know, the, the perfect height and the perfect weight. Or, or whether God's just going to give us a glorified mind and those things aren't going to matter. That's right. Yeah. We're not going to be so focused on those things. Right. I won't worry about being short. Yeah, you know, I, I won't worry about bald spots coming on. You know, gray hair won't bother us anymore. You know, none of these things. And so, we're all looking forward to that time and we're, we're looking for those signs. Now, in this passage in Luke, it talked about the times of the Gentiles being fulfilled. So what is the time of the Gentiles? Well, there is a school of thought. And, and you know, I mean, you go through the Old Testament and God's focus is wholly on his people which are the Jewish people, the, that, that nation that came up through the seed of Abraham. Mm -hmm. that's, that's God's chosen people. And his focus has been on them throughout the entire Old Testament. When we come into the New Testament, we see that God comes to the Jewish people. When Jesus comes to earth, he comes as a Jew. He comes through that seed, through that lineage. So that he is a Jewish man right. or a Jewish child as he's born, as he grows, he, he, he grows into a Jewish man. Okay. And we see that Jesus, his, his focus, even at the beginning of, uh, of the New Testament, is on the Jewish people. <coughs> when, you know, even to the point to when the Holy Ghost is first poured out. It's only poured out to the Jews. Right. Those 120 that were in the upper rooms, mm -hmm. they were Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Up until the time of Cornelius, the Holy Ghost hadn't been poured out on anyone except Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And so God's focus had been on them. But see, the Jews had rejected, for the majority, had rejected Jesus as the Messiah. That's right. Right. And so God poured out his spirit there, but then he ushered in something new in chapter 10 because he, through the, the vision that he gave to, to Peter, through the message that he sent to Cornelius, brought those two together in some of the most unlikely of circumstances. Listen, Peter never should have entered into, into Cornelius' house. Mm -hmm. 
Had God not given him the vision, he would have never received those men at his at his door. When they said, you know, we want you to come back with us. Peter never would have done that had God not given him a vision and shown him that he was about to do something new. And so God decides in his infinite wisdom that now is the time that I am going to pour out my spirit upon the Gentiles. And so at this point, we find that God has taken all of his focus just off of the Jewish people, and it has been opened up to whosoever will. Now, the Bible tells us that there is a day that his eye will return back to his people. But I believe, and there there are others that believe this, I I think that this is probably um, as good, if not a better um, understanding of this than, than the other explanations I've heard. But that the time of the Gentiles began with Cornelius. I know that there are those that say, oh, well, you can go back into Daniel and you can look at that and the statue there and those, those earthly kingdoms. That's when, it, you know, back in, I believe it was 588 B.C., that was the time that that began and it goes through. I just don't see it. But it's, it's really not that significant because we know the plan of salvation. Yeah. We know that it's for us. Yeah. And we know that he's coming back and we're looking for his return. Yeah. Those are the key elements. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But let's go on this premise that, okay, the time of the Gentiles began with Cornelius. Now, in that passage in Luke, and I'm not going to go through and, 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 and you know do all of the history and all of the details, but Jesus warned of the destructions of Jerusalem that, that we read about in Luke chapter 21. He, he warned of that around A.D. 33. Okay? We, we, we have that in, in records. Now, the destruction of Jerusalem that Jesus was warning about, we have through history, we know that that took place in A.D. 70. Something that kind of adds to this theory of the fact that, that the time of the Gentiles began at that point is that in A.D. 70, the temple was destroyed. And from that point until today, there is no temple that the nation of Israel has that the, the Jewish people can go to to offer sacrifices, to practice their religion as the Old Testament law required. There is a time period from then until now where it has been impossible for them to fulfill the requirements of the law. Mm. Now, as believers, we understand that Jesus came and fulfilled all of the requirements Mm. of the law, but as Jewish believers from the Old Testament law standpoint, they are without any opportunity to serve God the way that they're required to serve God. Right. What is it in the, uh, in the, the, the New Testament or, or in the, uh, the end time 
that takes place that, that kind of triggers some events. The temple's rebuilt and they start offering sacrifices mm -hmm. once again. Mm -hmm. The Jewish people. It is theorized that the time between the destruction of the temple all the way up until the uh, time that the temple is rebuilt is the time of the Gentiles. And that is the time that God is pouring out His Spirit on whosoever will. And so... The scripture tells us that this generation shall not pass away. In Luke, Jesus' words, this generation shall not pass away until all these things are fulfilled. Now, there are, here again, there are different schools of thought on this, but in this passage it is believed that Jesus is not talking about an earthly generation, which would be 70 years. It's not talking about that, that specific human element there, but uh, that he is talking about the 2,000-year time periods that uh, theologians uh, believe the, uh, the, the Bible is broken up into. And so there are, there are three different 2,000-year time periods, and in the, uh, at the end time, there is a 1,000-year time period, which we know as the millennium. Mm -hmm. And that would mean that we are living in that 2,000-year time period right before the, the coming of the Lord and the ushering in of that 1,000-year time period of millennium. So, with all of those thoughts intact, Let me reiterate once again. I'm not here trying to tell you when the Lord's coming back. But I want to warn us how close we may be. Okay? You can study for yourself the end time teachings and try to determine and make up your own mind. Are we pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, when the Lord's returning during that? I'm not even addressing those today. Okay? Um, you can try to determine exactly what takes place and, and where we are. But as a pastor and setting up boundaries of, of, for safety reasons, I believe that you should set them at the safest point to avoid any risk of harm. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, I mean, if you've got a child of yours and, and, and you know, there's there's something dangerous in the backyard, how, how many of you take the, the, the little fence and, and get out as close to the to that danger point and say, yeah, let me put it right here so that they can walk right up to it and just kind of poke their finger through the fence and, and be in danger. No, you don't do that. You set it back to a safe distance where there's no chance of them being in danger. Mm -hmm. So as a pastor, I like to do the same thing when it's talking about you know uh, any risk of harm. So, as I said, you know, talking about those 2,000-year periods and all of that. So, let me just kind of walk through some of the math and, and, and tell you where these things would add up to, to be today. All right? So, if Jesus 
spoke this promise that this generation would not pass away in A.D. 33, well then if we add 2,000 years to that, that would be 2033, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if you believe in a pre-trib rapture, which would be the, the safest point from there, you would subtract seven years. <coughs> that would put us at 2026. Now, we are just a few months away from 2024. That's not too far from that. And Jesus did not guarantee that it would be a full generation. He just said that that generation would not pass away. And so it could be all the way to that end of that 2,000 years. Or it could be a little bit short of that. If we're only two years and a few months from, from that year, that kind of puts me in the mindset that, you know what? It's not time for me to play around. I better make sure I'm ready. I, know. I better make sure I'm safe. Yes. I better make sure that I'm doing everything that I can that, to be right with God because I sure don't want to miss the rapture. My God. I want to be ready. Yes. That's why I say that today is the day of salvation. Yes. See, today is the only day that you're sure you have. Mm. You're not promised tomorrow. I'm not That's promised it. tomorrow. We don't know what happens later on today. But right now, yes. this moment in time, yes. I'm guaranteed that I'm here and, and, and I exist at this point. Yes. Right. Yes. And so right now is when I need to make up my mind that I'm going to serve God. Yes. Yes. Right. We, we don't have the, the, the privilege of, of, uh, of putting it off and saying, you know, I, I'm going to wait for a, a more convenient time. I, I've got other things going on. See, no other time is promised. Mm. Yes. That's why, that's why as, as, you know, as, as preachers, as pastors, as ministers, we, we tell people, listen, you need, to, you, know, you need to make that decision today. You, you need to serve God today. If, if you're not if you're here today and you've not received the Holy Ghost today today's the day you need to do that don't wait listen I, I, I would as a pastor I would feel terrible if I got up here and said oh listen you got you know you got two years take your time and the Lord decided to come before them I would feel terrible in telling you that and, and knowing that that I, I told you well, it's okay to wait I'm not telling you it's okay to wait Today, I'm telling you, you need to make a decision for the Lord right now while you've got an opportunity. Yes. Hallelujah. Acts 2.38 gave us very clear instructions on how to be saved. Repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you've not obeyed those instructions, I wouldn't wait another day. I would, I would take this opportunity right now and say, yes, today's the day I want to do this. Amen. You know, the scripture even tells us that today is the day of salvation. You can read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, and it says, 
For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today, right now is the time. That's your opportunity. That's the best time for you to decide that you're going to serve God. Not tomorrow, not next week, but right now. And listen, if you're here today and you have obeyed the plan of salvation, thank God. I rejoice with you that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, I, I, I thank God for that. But you have a, a, a charge that's placed upon you. As a child of God, you have been called to be a witness. Yes. And the scripture talks about the fact that, that we are going to, to be a, a, gra- a great cloud of witnesses that stand around the throne mm. at the judgment time. When God is judging and all everyone appears before this throne of judgment to either get their, their reward or to receive their judgment and their, their, their final disposition for all of eternity. And we're going to be called upon at various times to give accounts of a witness, to, to give that witness statement. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand before the throne and, and there's someone, someone that I've come in contact with. Someone that maybe a neighbor, a co-worker, someone that, that I encountered on a, a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis, and they're standing before the Lord saying, why didn't you repent? Why didn't you receive the Holy Ghost that I offered so freely? And, and they, they, they tell the Lord, well, I never knew. And, and to stand there, and to think of the fact that, you know, I saw them and I never gave them a, 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 the, the, the witness that I was called to be. Oh, Lord, don't let me have to, have to deal with that. But as, as children of God, as, as saints of God, we're called to be witnesses. I challenge you. I put a challenge to you. Take the opportunities. Those people that, that you see, that, that you come in, in contact with, every opportunity that you have, tell someone how to be saved. Tell someone about the love of God. Tell someone about how Jesus can change your life. Amen. Oh, because I know that if, if you've experienced the plan of salvation like I have, You've got a you've got a testimony. You've got a witness that you can give. Because God's done something in you that's changed you, that's affected you, that's helped you to be able to live better. Mm. Don't pass an opportunity to be a witness. Mm. Stand with me today. <clears throat> I want to take time today 
It's early. We have plenty of time. We're in no rush. But I want to open up this altar, and I would ask if, if we would come, come to the front today and take some time, and let's just pray. Let's talk to God and say, God, listen, if I'm ready, then that's great. Thank you for that. I rejoice in it. But Lord, help me to be more of a witness. And if you're here today and you have not received the Holy Ghost as is instructed in the Word of God, God would love to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. Amen. You can come forward. You can repent of your sins. You can raise your hands and begin to worship Him. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now let me, just, let me just tell you something because this is a, a point where a lot of people kind of get hung up. If you notice where the Holy Ghost is poured out, the scripture says that they spoke with other tongues. There's a lot of people that think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out there just worshiping God and all of a sudden I, I'm just going to lose control. And God's going to speak through me. It doesn't happen. You're going to feel. Uh, you're going to feel. A lot of times we talk about quivering lips. We talk about you know you you kind of feel something like the, the hairs are standing up on your head. Yeah, feel something inside. Feels like your heart's about to beat out of your chest. But it's going to take you speaking out words. And as you begin to praise God, there are going to be words that are going to come into your mind that you don't know. Don't be afraid of them. Just go ahead and speak those things. Go ahead and speak those words because that is God giving you that, the, the words to say. God is giving you the words, but you have to speak them. That's right. I can remember when I first received the Holy Ghost. I, had, I, I was one of those ones that, that I wore the saints out every service praying for the Holy Ghost. And I'd go up there and I'd pray and I'd pray and I'd pray and I'd pray. And, and you know, I, I'd get to the point of the stammering lips and man, my, my heart would be pounding. And I'd, I'd just feel like, oh man, tonight's the night. And when, those, when, when, when that would start happening... I'd back off from it because I was like, oh, I, I don't know what's going on. And finally, there was one night. I, we, we had uh, an evangelist, a children's evangelist that had come through. And he was there. And uh, I decided, you know what? I want to get baptized. And so I got baptized. And when I came up out of the waters, man, I lifted my hands. And I just began to praise God and and, and I felt that same thing that had happened before. But I just decided, you know what, I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to go with this. And, and I, I kept speaking, and all of a sudden, I didn't understand the words that I was saying. No longer was I there going, well, praise God, thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I wasn't saying that anymore. All of a sudden, God had begun to give me words that I didn't know. And I began to speak in other tongues. And it'll happen the same for you. 
You don't have to tarry for the Holy Ghost. God wants to give it to you. It's a gift, and he will let you have it. You just have to speak the words. So today, we're going to open up the altar right now. Like I said, I would like for all of us, if we can, to get around the front and the aisles. And, and, and let's just find a place to pray. Let's, let's pray. For those that don't have the Holy Ghost, we want God to give you the Holy Ghost today. But if you're here and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, why don't you pray and ask God to help you be even more of a witness today. Amen. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you right now, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for the fact that, Lord, you have chosen to pour out your Spirit to all that want it, to whosoever will, that you're not a respecter of persons, but God, you chose with Cornelius and his household to open it up to all people. God, and I thank you that that is still happening today, God, that whosoever will can receive this wonderful gift of salvation, Lord, that comes from you. And God, we want to make sure 